0: You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good morning to everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate A- A Podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, how are you there, my friend? Doing
1: all right this morning. How are you doing?
0: Hey, you know, I mean, I'm doing well. Thanksgiving is over. It's We're in December now. Everything is about Christmas and, well, the whole holiday vibe and atmosphere it's only like this for the month and then after the new year i'm sure you know january will will always yeah yeah so i mean i don't know how does that relate to your industry and people putting together their team you know for for when the new year starts and
1: and my experience is that when we get to around halloween time it's like a light switch people flip that goes all right stepping back from personal business moves, buying a home, making retirement changes, switching jobs, that sort of thing. Like everyone kind of puts that on the back burner when we hit really November 1st, my experience. Really? That early? early? And I think there's a shift. It goes November 1st is the first group of people, the real lazy ones. (laughs) Then around Thanksgiving, you know, then you have another group that goes, "Eh, I'll wait till next year. Okay, then... After Thanksgiving is over, between then and New Year's, is the majority of people say, oh, I'll, I'll worry about that next year. I'll be thinking about it. I'll be strategizing on it in my head, but I'm not going to make any moves. What I recommend to home buyers or homeowners that are looking to get a new mortgage in the new year is get your pre-approval in play, get your relationship in play with your lender, your realtor, your team right. during that time because they're not going to be as busy. They actually have time to chat with you, to strategize with you, to goal set with you. And we can do that during those slow months so that you can really hit the ground running right away in January. Not, oh, let's start your pre-approval, but let's actually start going to homes to see. Let's start putting in offers. Let's start moving ahead with that refinancing strategy. You can do that right away in January instead of just starting those wheels turning.
0: You know, you look at baseball players, you know, just because it's December doesn't mean they might not be playing the ball game. But if you think they're out there eating Fritos, you know, exactly. no, there's conditioning, there's training. They're still staying, you know, in shape just because you don't see them and they're not play actively playing the ball game until late, whatever it is, March, April. Doesn't mean that they're not prepping themselves for the season.
1: And they have coaches. They have professionals helping them. Yeah, That's a big issue that people think they have to go on the home buying process alone or they have to go through this preparatory phase without any help or like just going to the internet for advice and that's one of the biggest wrong moves that you could make you want to actually have a coaching group like again your wealth team they should be coaching you hey you need to get this done with your credit hey you need to save this much more for your down payment hey there's this new loan program coming out that you may qualify for and all these little pieces of the puzzle have to get put together you're not going to do it yourself You're not a professional. You haven't been doing this for decades like we have. So take that, just like a baseball coach that's trained hundreds of great players, work with a lender and a realtor that have trained hundreds of home buyers.
0: Yeah, don't let the term off-season offset you. Um, Yeah, you want to be ready when the inventory picks up after the holidays. You want to be, I'm ready to go. Well, in order to do that, put your team in place. This, right now, is the most opportune time. From what I've learned from you to put together your team so that when the new year comes, you can hit the pavement running. If you see that house as you're driving somewhere else, you may not even be driving to go look for a house. You could be on your way to work. You could be on your way to a family member on your way to an event. All of a sudden, you drive by and go, Oh my goodness, I love that home. Now you're ready to, you're, you're ready to make that, Mm -hmm. put a, uh, put a bid in rather than. Put, Sam, putting a, well, look, a if team you together. You've already back and done you that.
1: Call, hey, I just drove by a house that I'm interested in buying, and you tell that to your lender or realtor. It's like, okay, where's your pre-approval? Yeah. Oh, I don't have one. Ah. Well, then we got to start that process, build that foundation, and we can do it quick—couple days, sometimes even 24, 48 hours. But in today's crazy competitive housing market, the difference between putting an offer in the same day or waiting two, three, yeah. four days is the difference between you getting a house or not getting a house.
0: Hey, let's talk about choosing the right mortgage this morning.
1: So important. Yeah. Let's go there. Um what are the first of all, huh, let's
0: start with something pretty simple. What are like the different types of mortgage that are available right now?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different types of mortgages and we've talked on the show about how one size doesn't fit all and that there's a lot of different options. So I really want to hone in today on this episode about the different types of mortgages and what may be the best for you because otherwise you're just going to be taking information in and – Letting it go and just kind of saying, hey, I trust you. Put me in the right loan. The more knowledge that you have, the more education that you have personally on the subject, the right questions you're going to be able to ask. The more questions you're going to be able to ask. So different types of mortgages. I'll go from like the most common to the least common. So conventional is going to be the most common mortgage. That's going to be like your Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac conventional mortgage, then you're going to have your government loans. Those are going to be your VA veteran loans, USDA through the Department of Agriculture, or your FHA loans through the Federal Housing Administration. Those are all, by the way, very popular for first-time buyers or people that may have had a previous credit uh, issue. The next one's going to be your non-conforming loans. These are going to be more like your jumbo financing um, in Connecticut, most of the areas we're talking about ballpark over seven to eight hundred thousand or more, depending on the county that you're in. Those are considered jumbo products. Different guidelines, completely different than the other ones. Then you have your non qualified mortgages or what we refer to in the industry as non QM. These have really gained a lot of steam lately because these non QM mortgages have certain Uh, guidelines that allow no income verification or bank statements for verification of income. They have different credit requirements. You can do one of these non-qualified mortgages, even if maybe you had a short sale uh, just a year or two ago where you couldn't get qualified for another product. Um, Second mortgages, home equity lines of credit, home equity loans, that sort of thing. Those are valid products that a lot of people are utilizing today. And then the last thing is not necessarily a product, but a type of loan is going to be either a fixed rate, mortgage or an adjustable rate mortgage. So you can see there's a lot of different items on the menu here and you can mix and match some of these. with. Yeah, there are.
0: But how does one differentiate between the different types of mortgages?
1: So we always talk about, you know, the wealth team and having the group of people to lead you. And that is a big part of narrowing down your mortgage. But you really got to ask yourself, what are you looking to accomplish with this loan? And it can be as simple as I'm looking to buy a, you know, buy my first home with the lowest payment possible. That's a valid goal of, of what you're looking to accomplish. Or it may be I'm looking to refinance my home and pay off all of my credit card debt. Okay, so you need to come up with like a one or two sentence personal goal of what you're looking to accomplish with the mortgage. If you can't do that, then everything else is irrelevant. Okay, that that piece that you're going to put together, those couple sentences are what you need to then relay and communicate to your mortgage advisor, your lender, so that they can help you with the process. And some of the things that a lot of people don't think about are like, how long am I gonna stay in that home? Is this like a couple years and then we're gonna move and sell? Or is this something that we plan on living in for 10 years or our forever home? Um, I've seen scenarios where somebody's gonna buy a home and then a couple years down the line, they plan on downsizing to a lower home, but then they wanna keep this one as a rental. Having that clarity, on exactly what you're thinking that you want to do with that home in the process is going to help us put you into the right loan program. Um, The other thing that you need to consider and will make a big difference in these different product options is going to be, what is your credit score and what is your debt to income ratio? So Mm -hmm. those may seem like not, you know, smart questions to ask, but those are the most important questions to ask because for example, if you have a 605 credit score, you're not going to be able to get a conventional loan. No matter what lender you're working with or what mortgage broker you're dealing with, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac simply do not insure mortgages that are under 620 credit scores. So if you're a 605, that completely gets rid of a conventional mortgage option and you've got to go down to one of these government loans, non-QM, that sort of thing. So know where your credit score is at. And if you don't get with that lender to educate you on where you're at, Um, Your debt to income ratio. Some of the government loans specifically have much more flexible guidelines when it comes to your debt to income ratio. So for example, on a conventional loan, you might only get approved for $300,000. Then we go to a government loan, you may be pre-approved for $350,000 just from using that different product. Unfortunately, as we'll talk about, not everyone offers all the products. So who you work with is important. Also, down payment. How much money do you have for a down payment? Or if you're refinancing your home, how much money do you have in equity, in existing equity in your home? That's going to help out a lot because certain loans like VA loans are zero down. You don't have to have equity. Other types of loans like... uh for example, USDA loans, that's another one that you have no money down. But then you flip to FHA, you need 3.5% down. You go to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you need a minimum of between 3 and 5% down. So knowing how much you have there will help us narrow that down. And how do we go about doing this is really a very thorough question and answer session between you and your advisor. And when I'm going through these questions with my client, in my head, I'm like crossing certain things out saying, okay, this loan's going to work. This one's not going to work. Um, your loan officer, your advisor needs to be the one that helps guide you through all this maze of all these different loan programs, because if they're not, then they don't know how to do their job. And then you're going to be winging it. And you may end up in a bad scenario. You may end up with the wrong loan product. And we'll talk about what could happen if you end up in the wrong loan.
0: I'm sure there's got to be mistakes that people are making when they're choosing are their mortgage. Yeah.
1: There's tons of big mistakes that people make, and a lot of it's just because of you don't know what you don't know, right? And they're not listening to this show like you are. So one of the big things is not asking questions, just taking whatever they tell you. It's like they're an order taker. You'd say, hey, here's what I'm looking to do, and then they just deliver you this mortgage on a platter and say, here you go. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the best mortgage for you. So you need to ask the right questions. You need to inquire, be educated about your mortgage. Because if you're not, it could end up really coming and backfiring and putting you in the wrong loan. The other thing is not evaluating multiple options. So most people just look at one mortgage option, whether it be one lender or one product. So I would say in this market, the most common thing is that when you go to apply for a mortgage, they'll just come back and say, "Okay, here's your 30 year fixed loan and here's the interest rate and here's what it is. And you look at it and if the numbers work, you say, all right, let's do it. Unfortunately, though, even with your plain vanilla 30 year fixed loan, there's all these different calculations we can do. There's all these different combinations of how that loan can be structured. What I'm talking about is, should you be paying points to buy the rate down? Should you be paying no points? Um, Should we be looking at a prepayment strategy? Like 30-year fixed is the standard, but maybe a 20-year fix could be a better option for you. Maybe a 15-year fix, but usually that's not going to be actually offered to you unless you ask the question, say, wait, by the way, what would the payment be on a 15-year mortgage? Or, hey, I actually thought of paying my loan off sooner. What would it be if I took a 20-year loan instead of a 30? If you don't ask those questions, unfortunately, you're not going to get those answers and you're just going to get that cookie cutter, same plain vanilla loan as anyone else is going to get, even if it's not the best thing for you. Another item that you want to keep in mind is only talking to one lender. I think the statistic is something around 65% of first-time buyers only talk to one lender. And that can be a really bad thing because you don't know if you're getting the best advice. You don't even know if you're dealing with the best person because you don't have anything to compare it to. So I always recommend, even to clients that have just come to me, recommended to me, always talk to at least two to three, even just to rule it out, to say, Hey, I talked to a couple. This guy was the best. Here's why. Or, Hey, this one my realtor recommended, but I didn't jive with them. Like the communication wasn't there. They didn't call me back for two days. So I decided that they weren't a good fit. You know, all of that information is relevant to your decision on who you're going to use, but just talking to one lender is a huge mistake because, again, you don't know who's better. The other thing is being too optimistic. When a lot of people are buying property, especially rental property, especially a first-timer that maybe is buying that home, they don't understand the maintenance, the upkeep, the expenses of owning a home over time. They'll be very, very optimistic when it comes to what their financials are going to look like, what repairs need to be done, that sort of thing. So I like going the other route. I like being extra Pessimistic, be extra bad, down, negative on yourself. Because if you're prepared for the worst case scenario and you have, let's say, ten thousand dollars in an emergency fund for a home repair, but then you only need a couple thousand, you're going to be in a much better spot than the guy who thought, "Hey, I only need two grand," and you end up needing eight. You see, so when it comes to these financial, um, financial topics here and actually projecting out what it's going to be like to buy a home and get a mortgage, you really want to go off and. and be pessimistic. Would a
0: lender give you a loan if you're 50 years old and you're asking for a 30-year mortgage? Absolutely. You're not, your income at 79, 80 years old- Doesn't it, matter. Is not, they know you're not There's, in the workforce. That's
1: age discrimination. There's, um, It's not a scenario where we can say, oh, you're 90 years old. You can't get a 30-year mortgage. I've done 30-year mortgages for people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, and it's not even a consideration that comes but up. But the
0: chance of you living to 110 are pretty minimal.
1: That's not what it's about, though. It's about will the mortgage be paid on time? And at the time that you pass, can either your heirs pay the mortgage off or is there enough equity in the home that they could sell the home? That's really what they're looking at. See, mortgage is all about risk. We know there's going to be problems that come up. People are going to lose jobs. There are going to be fluctuations with home values, things like that. But when we're looking at that loan and underwriting that loan, it's about lowering that risk, making it so that the benefit to the lender of making that loan outweighs the risk of you not paying it back. So then
0: how does your loan officer play into which mortgage product you're going to end up with?
1: One of the biggest reasons why your mortgage loan officer is important is because some mortgage companies only offer specific products. I know that there's many credit unions locally in Connecticut that they don't even offer government loans. They don't offer FHA loans. They don't offer VA. They don't offer USDA. So if you're a military veteran and you go into that mm-hmm. um, that credit union or that bank and you sit down with the loan officer and say, hey, I'm here to buy a house. How much? How much? And they say, how much money do you have to put down? Oh, I am a veteran of the military. I have no money to put down. And they say, well, I'm sorry, sir. We can't help you. We don't offer those loans. Usually, they just offer your plain vanilla, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or portfolio in-house type of conforming loan. But the loan officer that you deal with, if they only have access to that suite of products and they don't have this product, then you're going to get the wrong loan, period. Mm. And that goes back to what we were talking about on you know, actually establishing even a brief relationship with several lenders to know who you're going to vibe best with, to know who has the best array of product options because a mortgage broker, they usually have the most product options because they have all these different banks that they can go to. And if one bank can't help, another can. And it's like a very good scenario. Then you have your mortgage banker or correspondent lender. They have the ability to go outside of the box on certain loans, but then they also can portfolio and keep some things in house as well. They normally have access to all these different conventional, government, jumbo, non-QM, but your Your banks and credit unions, I'm going to say, have the least product availability. And that's just the fact. It is the fact. Again, they don't have access to a lot of these outside-of-the-box loans, these loans that allow you as a buyer more flexibility with your credit score, your debt-to-income. They'll straight up just tell you, I can't help you. And a really cool thing for me has been there's actually a local bank right down the street from my office. And I actually went in and spoke with one of the top loan officers there. And we now exchange referrals because they can't do a lot of the loans I can do, right? So when someone comes in and gets turned down because they don't have access to an FHA program, they send them to me. I can then help that client. At the same time, I don't do a lot of commercial lending. So I had a client come to me a few weeks ago that was buying like a five-unit mixed-use property. I can't help with that. I referred them over to this bank that that's what they specialize in. So there can be a real synergy there, but you need to know who you're dealing with and As you see, the loan officer that you have is very, very important in that. Down payment assistance programs as well are only offered by certain lenders. So if you're looking for that sort of thing, you need a lender that actually has experience in that because most of the banks and credit unions, or a large majority at least, will just tell you, nope, we don't offer that and have a good day.
0: Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. You can uh, check them out online at robgw.com and Rob's phone number, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat all that information more towards the end of the show. Rob, I'll bet you can share horror stories of what happens when people choose the wrong one. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, it's a shame to see, but I've had, I can think right in my head, they're flashing as we're talking here. I had a gentleman come to me a couple years ago. Who had decided to refinance with his local, you know, his local credit union, right? And they gave him a great deal. They really did. He got a good rate on his mortgage. But what ended up happening was that because he was on a fixed income, they put him in this 15 year mortgage and he thought all was fine. Then a few months later, financial, um, turmoil hit him. He had some major expenses come up that he wasn't expecting. Uh, Some medical issues as well. And he was in a position where a couple months into this mortgage, he was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the payment every month. Again, he's retired. Unfortunately, this gentleman got bad advice. He did this 15-year loan. And just a few months later, it was like three, four months later, I had to go in and help him refinance out of that 15-year into a 30-year mortgage. And now his budget's fine, but it's all because he did it wrong the first time. He got bad advice. He wasn't thinking long-term. And that person didn't really think or ask the right questions on what his financial goals were to make sure that the mortgage, it's not only about today, it's about next week, next month. 15-year mortgage, you got to look at what your income going to be even three to five years from now. And unfortunately, in this case, it really backfired and he thought he was getting good advice from a company and a bank he thought he had a relationship with only to find out you, you, know, you either do it right or you do it twice. He ended up having to do it twice. Now, the other thing is people that take out a mortgage has happened a lot where you took out this adjustable rate. Not as common anymore, but years ago, people were taking these rates that were only good for two to five years. They think, hey, I'm going to refi. I'll be fine. I'm going to move. I'm going to get a better job. Then that time comes. That ticking time bomb blows up. Now they have to sell the home or literally like scrimp and save to try to refinance or do something. And they're at the mercy of the market. And I saw people that had this where they had these super low mortgages at like, Two, three percent. And now their adjustable rates up this year and they're going to refi and their rates are like five and a half, six, seven percent. So they're going from this super low mortgage rate on this adjustable to a much higher rate on a fixed rate. But they had no choice. They had no choice because the payment kept going up.
0: What considerations should be made then with your? choosing a, a, a new mortgage, specifically, though, when refinancing.
1: So when you're refinancing, a lot of people don't put the same thought into the mortgage and the product because they feel like, hey, I already own the home. You know, this is going to be simple. But we really need to step back from that for a second and ask the right questions. How long do you plan on keeping that home from the time you refinance until when? Is this a forever thing? Is this a couple years? What are your plans? What are your goals? We also have to look at what are future circumstances that would entail a problem when it comes to getting a mortgage. And what I'm talking about is, you alluded to a minute ago, someone buying a home or refinancing when they're retired or about to retire, but then their situation changes a few years later, right? Now what do they do? So we need to look at that. And I actually do this retirement mortgage review with all my clients. I usually try to do it between six and 12 months before they retire. And the reason is I've seen so many people time and time again that think they're in a good financial spot, then rates drop six months into their retirement or a year in or their equity goes up and they want to do something with it. They go to try to get a mortgage or a HELOC or a home home equity loan and they don't qualify. Why? Because they were making 80 grand a year as an employee. Now they're retired. They're only making 60 grand a year between everything. Now they can't afford to actually refinance. They can't actually qualify for that mortgage on paper. Had they done that mortgage review before they retired, Mm -hmm. like I suggest to all my clients, it wouldn't have been a problem. We could have actually structured things in a way that would give them the benefit of that long term perspective while still actually helping those short term refinancing goals. If you're somebody that thinks you're only going to be in that house for a couple years, should an adjustable rate be an option? If you know without a shadow of a doubt you're only going to keep that loan for a couple years, then we're always going to model out or should be looking at what's a three-year adjustable, a five-year, seven-year adjustable rate going to be able to do for you. It could end up actually giving you a lower monthly payment for the time that you're in the home, shortening the term. If you're somebody that has that strong income, low debt, and we look out many years. Maybe you're already retired or you're not. it's not going to happen for a while. You want to pay off your house, shortening the term might be something good. And future cash flow needs, like we said, retirement refinancing, funding investments, or taking the money you were saving to actually put to somewhere it could be a better use. I mean, use. look,
0: trust and credibility. Let me add also communication. I think those are yes. very key. But where can someone find
1: like the best mortgage? Leaders, where, where where do you go? Where do you go to find the best lender for your needs? Well, there's a lot of places. Some are good, some are bad. I want to tell you about the ones that I recommend. First of all, I do. If you're a home buyer, recommend you check with a realtor. Um, your realtor that you have a relationship with that you trust, their boots on the ground. If they've been doing a good amount of business. They know who performs and who doesn't perform when it comes to getting mortgages done. So they're going to be able to give you an idea, maybe even a couple referrals, but that's the first place to start. Another place is going to be checking with a friend, family, or coworker that recently went through a mortgage experience. Now, somebody that bought a home five years ago, not a good place to start. But if you know somebody, again, friend, family, coworker that's gone through the mortgage or real estate process in the last six months, a year, I'd say that's probably a good place to say, hey, buy By the way, did you like the person that you worked with on your mortgage? And if the answer is a resounding yes and they're enthusiastic and very excited about giving you that referral, take it. Contact them. Add that to your list of a couple people to interview. And I do always recommend interviewing a couple. You know, Even if you hit it off with the first one, talk to a few. The last one and actually where so many of my clients find me is Google and Facebook reviews. So five years ago, this wasn't as big, but now people really put their opinions out good or bad when they deal with a professional business. And I have over 215 five-star reviews online, specifically on Google. I have another 85 plus on Facebook. So when people see that, they feel really good about, okay, I feel like this guy knows what he's doing. He's going to treat me right. That many people saying good things, just like a restaurant or a dry cleaner or anything else, that's where you want to be. You
0: mentioned friends and family and coworkers but quite frankly look that can sometimes backfire can. as well yeah everybody likes to get advice from these people so i i mean we all want the best advice when it comes to it but you got to be careful with who it you, can who backfire you're
1: gary if you go the friends and family or coworker route it can backfire and because of like we said one size doesn't fit all so you may be dealing with somebody that had really bad credit and they're referring you to a lender that that's what they deal with is really bad credit So you need to, you know, again, interview a couple people, see who you fit the best with. It's not like, hey, let me talk to this one my grandma told me was good and that's it. (laughs) But you want to have a couple different people. Years ago, when I was looking around for a good CPA, I literally met with five CPAs and it wasn't until the fifth one. I thought I knew the best one, but it wasn't until the fifth one. I go, you know what? I'm so glad I did that. (laughs) That fifth one is the king of the mountain. That's the one I want to deal with. Also, there's different property types. There's so many different variables with mortgages. Some mortgage companies or banks or credit unions, they don't even know how to do like investment property loans or they can't do them at all. So you don't want to deal with that. You want to make sure that the person that you're dealing with has a specialization, much like a doctor or attorney, in the realm that you're trying to go to. So if you're a first-time buyer, deal with a lender that specializes in that. If you're a property investor, deal with a lender that has a lot of experience dealing with investors, helping them build their portfolio. If you're looking for a HELOC or second mortgage, make sure you're dealing with a lender that that's a specialty. So like, again, the doctor analogy, make sure that you're dealing with a professional that's got that experience to hit it home for you.
0: Great stuff this morning, Rob. You. Folks, Thank if you'd you. like more information on this show, Choosing the Right Mortgage, or any of the other topics that we discuss on this weekly show, simply head online to www.robgw.com. Folks, if you'd like to get a question answered right here on these very airwaves, hey, maybe as soon as even next weekend, all you got to do is email us at show at gmail.com. Again, it's that easy, mortgagemattersradioshow.com at gmail.com. And if you'd like to make an appointment, all I can do is tell you this. Write this phone number down and call immediately. I would say call today. I know it's a weekend. Leave a voicemail. You want to wait till Monday, you can certainly do that. But the bottom line is do it as soon as possible. And that would be this phone number. Write it down. You ready? 860-413-3938. I'll say it again for you. Write it down. You ready? 860 860- For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next weekend, have a good one, everybody. So long.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.